Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, and I'm Tova Kreps with Wellspring Counseling. Today's talk is titled, Living Well on Purpose. Who do you want to be this year? What do you want to accomplish? And how do you plan to get there? Don't change your dial as I dive into the topic of goal setting for the new year, Living Well on Purpose. Let's dive in. All right, Christmas has passed and we're all getting ready for a new year on our calendars. The start of a new year marks a transition from old to new. It's a time of year I really love. And it's also time for New Year's resolutions. A time to throw out the old along with Christmas trees and to bring in the new. Personally, I love to take down the decorations and to bring my house back to a simpler state of order and smoothness, a time for a fresh start and clean sweep of everything. I love the new year. Um, And this January on Wellspring on the Air, I'm going to be presenting a series about goal setting and the forming and breaking of habits. I'm excited about this series. We're going to cover a lot of things, habits, the habits of the brain, how they work, and see if we can help you and myself help all of us to be successful in our New Year's resolutions. So the series on Wellspring on the Air will be next week, Understanding Habits in the Brain, and then we'll look at some principles about how to stick with habits and how to keep them, how to look back at old habits before you move forward to analyze how you got to where you are and figuring out how to change successfully, how to make plans and plot the path of success for your new habits, how to visualize your new habits um, so that you can meet your goals and be excited about those and actually make them much more likely to happen. If you can see it, you can be it. And then how to persevere, keep going, don't give up, and also with permission to fail. So that's going to be January on Wellspring on the Air. And then we're going to end the month by hosting a seminar on January 27th called The Science and Arts of Habits. If you'd like more information about this one-day seminar hosted by Wellspring Counseling, go to wellspringmiami.org forward slash events. That's wellspringmiami.org forward slash events, and you can look for the Science and Arts of Habits seminar on January 27th. That's a Saturday. It'll be held at Old Cutler Presbyterian Church. All right, so we've got a whole month of habit setting coming in front of us and how to do that and how to succeed. And I'm mostly learning and studying this for myself because I'd like to succeed at my habit changing this year. But today, before we start changing our habits, the first step is to set some goals. So today I want to talk about goal setting. What are your goals? What do you want to be in a year? What do you want to be more importantly in five years or in 10 years? How do you achieve that? How do you get there? So we need to decide what you intend before you start addressing your habits or your New Year's resolutions. Zig Ziglar tells us, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. And that's the bottom line. If you don't set goals, if you aim for nothing, you will get exactly what you aim for, nothing. There's this tendency in all of us towards entropy, a gradual decline into disorder. The bottom line is, if you want things to get better, you have to work at it. You have to plan for it. You have to set goals. You can't just wait for things to happen to you in hopes that they will. Good parenting doesn't happen to us. It's something we intend. 
good, successful careers are something we intend. Even relationships, it doesn't happen to us that we fall in love. We learn how to love over time and with good intentions. And that's how we have loving, lasting relationships is through that effort and the plan to be loving and to love well and to teach people how to love us well. It all takes a little bit of goal setting and some planning. So success in all areas of our lives requires planning, requires forethought, and requires intentions. There's a, an expert on this who's the bestseller writer, the, the Psychology of Achievement. Name is Brian Tracy. And Brian is recognized as one of the top sales training and personal success authorities in the world today. He says that the first habit of all successful people is that they are goal-oriented. So he talks about seven habits of people who are successful. The first one is that they are goal-oriented. Then he has other ones like being results-driven and action-oriented and people-oriented, health-conscious, honest, and self-disciplined. Okay, so that's Brian Tracy, and here's what he says. He says, you need to be a habitual goal-setter and dedicate yourself to working from clear written goals every day of your life. All, note, all highly successful people are intensely goal-oriented. All right, so I'm not trying to make you all into really, really driven people. I am just trying to put it in front of you that science says and research says and evidence shows that people who are successful actually do think in terms of goals, long-term goals. So that's a secular world, Brian Tracy. Let's talk about uh, somebody else who's written in uh, best-selling books, and that's Stephen Covey. He's also got seven habits of highly effective people. We're going to talk about habits after you set your goals. His first two habits are, again, similar. Habit one by Stephen Covey, be proactive. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. Isn't it interesting? You have to begin with the end in mind. That they're similar thing for all people who do this Habits research and success research basically say you have to be proactive. You have to know what your goals are. So let's do it. What are your goals? And I can't answer these for you, but I'm going to just tease you with it a little bit. This one's a little tough, but I want you to picture yourself after you've died. Well, that's kind of an ugly picture. Don't do that. But I want you to think about the end in mind, which at some point your end, 100% guaranteed, is going to be your death. And at your death, there's going to be, God willing, a funeral, and there will be people who come and speak about you. And this may not happen, but I'd like you to plan for it. The question I want you to ask yourself is, kind of morbidly, what do I want to be remembered for? What do I want people to say about me? When they stand up, who do I want to be there? And what do I want them talking about that I did, that I achieved, who I was, who I loved well, what I was a role model for people? What do you want them to say about you? It's interesting. The reason I bring up a funeral is because we say, summarize people's lives in a few sentences, in a single obituary column, in just a one-hour service. We wrap everything up into this is who we think this person was. And so I'm asking you to think about who you want to be and who you want to be remembered as when you take away all the other garbage, all the other details out of your life. What is the essence of what you want your life to be and to be remembered for? Here's a second question besides What do I want people to say or remember about me at my funeral is, what would make you happy? If you were successful in your own life, what would make you happy? Let's ask that in certain areas. What would be, for you, a career goal? 
What do you want to be and do in your career? What do you want to be and do in your personal life, in your hobbies, in your community life, in your social life, in your life with people you love and your family and your relationships? If they were successful, how would you describe them? If your marriage was successful, what would it be like? If you did a good job of parenting, what would your children be like? Or what would you have done? If you pleased God with your life, what would you do or be? So those are your questions. Your funeral, each area of your life, and what success for you would look like at the end if you did each one of the goals met. So I'm going to get a little personal and tell you about me. I have three goals I've narrowed down to keep my life simple, and I hopefully took them from Scripture. But my big goals are love God, love others, and live well. And then I have sub-goals under each of those. Under loving God, I have spiritual goals like Bible study and prayer. I have character and internal goals, being bitterness-free, being peaceful in my heart. In terms of loving others, I have some relationship goals. What would it look like if I loved others well, and what would success look like? And then for me, under living well, I have things like my health or achievement or some of my personal disciplines. So I actually do this and crank it all out each year, and I lay it all out. The problem for me, and the reason I like to teach this is because even though I do this every year, every year I find myself a whole lot more like Paul when he says in Romans 7, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And then he goes on to say later in Romans 7, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am, or woman, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So every year I do my goals, and every year I do work at them, and I do make some progress. And every year as I review them, I find myself relating to this passage in Romans 7, that I don't always do what I wish I had done, even though I long to do it in my heart. And so that's what started me on this path of studying habits and the brain and trying to figure out why we don't do what we want to do. And there's a spiritual aspect to that. We don't do it because of sin. There's also an organic aspect to it, our brains and the habits of our brains and our tendency to repeat behaviors we have from before over and over without thinking about them, the automatic. So this is what we're going to be studying together. But the first step is what are your goals? What do you want? And then you work backwards from that like other successful people. If you want to be successful, you have to know where you're headed and why and what it'll look like when you get there. So let's think about that for just a minute. I'll be back just after a break and we'll finish that up together. Failed New Year's resolutions? On January 27th, Wellspring Counseling presents the Living Abundantly Seminar, The Science and Art of Healthy Habits. Wellspring therapists and special guests will inspire you through education and activities to move beyond failed New Year's resolutions into a new season of abundant personal growth. This seminar is for anyone who wants to make real and lasting lifestyle changes by learning the science of habits and the art of applying the knowledge to healthy choices for the body, mind, and spirit. For more information, go to wellspringmiami.org to reserve your seats. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Tova with Wellspring Counseling, and today's talk is Living Well on Purpose. 
And we began this program by talking about the fact that successful people set goals in their lives. And here we are at the new year. It's time to set some goals for who we are and what we want to be. I asked you to think about what those goals might be. And now we're going to move on a little bit for that. If you missed the beginning of the show, you can always listen to a recording of any of our shows on wellspringmiami.org under Wellspring on the Air. All right, so let's move on. You know that you need to set some goals and you need to figure out what they are. So let's think about that a little bit, always starting with Jesus. Listen to this passage in Luke 13. It says, At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Now there's a man who knows where he's headed. Jesus knew all along when he came to earth what his purpose was. It was very clear from the beginning. He was here to live among us so we could see the Father living on earth. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He lived and breathed among us and we got to see God in the flesh. He came on purpose to die, to die for our sins. And he came to die and then to be resurrected, to conquer sin, to conquer death. And then he also came to come back again and bring us to himself. Jesus' purposes for life were very simple, and he fixed his eyes on Jerusalem. He fixed his eyes on the cross. He fixed his eyes on God's plan for him. There were times he didn't want it, and he says, Lord, if you could take this cup away from me, God, please do. Call him Father. But if you take this cup away from me, please do, but not my will, but yours. So Jesus knew his purpose. And then listen to Paul in Philippians. He says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Let's stop right there. He knows that Jesus took hold of him because God had a purpose for him. And he, Paul, presses on toward the goal for the reason that Jesus saved him. It says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Farther down in this Philippians 3 passage, he says, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. He says, for many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. What's the point here? Paul says he's striving for something. He has a goal in mind. He fixes his eyes on Christ and he fixes his eyes on other people who are moving toward Christ like he wants to. He follows role models. And then Jesus is the one who's going to enable us to be what God wants us to be, to transform our earthly lives into some glorious body someday. So what does God say the purpose of our life should be? Well, the shorter catechism, if some of you are familiar with that, says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So the very short version is glorify God. My short version is the two commandments, love God, love others, and then live well, which to me covers everything else. 
Scripture tells us the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. But what does that mean fleshed out? Well, there's a great book, if you don't have this one, as we move toward what the Christian world says the goals of life should be. The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren is an excellent book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I strongly suggest if you haven't had it that you should get it. He has 40 daily inspirations, really asking people to think about what the purpose of their life is. What on earth am I here for is the beginning of the book. And then he tells us that scripture lays out five basic purposes to worship, to fellowship, for discipleship, for ministry, and for mission. Rick Warren helps us take a good look at what is the reason God put us here. So I challenge you as you look at your own goals, you need to think about what would make you happy, but also what would make you happy because you knew you made God happy. What is God's plan for your life? And then under that, what are your plans? And you're allowed to have plans with your family, with your career, with your life, with your things under God's plans. My challenge for you today is to spend some time by yourself, to get together with God, and to look at the big picture of your life. Picture your own funeral. Picture yourself in the future. The questions you want to ask yourself are these. Who do you want to be? What do you want to have achieved? For what do you want to be remembered? What do you want to have accomplished? I want you to think through each and every part of this picture of yourself in your life. I want you to picture yourself in the future. If you were the best person you could be, the very best version of you, what would you be like? How would you handle people? What would people say about you? How would you feel on the inside? How would you look on the outside? What would you dress? How would you exercise? When would you sleep? What would you speak like? What would you love like? Picture yourself, flesh it out as a picture of the whole you, the big picture of your life. You want to begin with the end in mind. From that, you write your goals. Get in front of scripture and spend some time there and ask God for his goals. Sit in front of the mirror, look at some pictures of yourself and say, where do I want to be and where do I want to go? Your life is really made up of a series of small choices. Those small choices lead to habits. And all those habits together lead to a lifestyle. And ultimately, that lifestyle makes you into the man or woman you become. Brian Tracy, back to where we started, says of goals and habits, he says this, Many people wonder how they can become highly successful, not realizing that they hold within them everything they need to achieve all the success they desire. Successful people are where they are today because of their habits. Habits determine 95% of a person's behavior. Everything that you are today and everything you will ever accomplish is determined by the quality of the habits that you form. By creating good habits and adopting a positive behavior, you too can become successful and live a prosperous life. Again, that's a secular worldview, but it's still true. Science shows what God says, which is, we need his purposes. We need a goal in mind. We need to strive toward the calling that we have on our lives so that we can reach it. And again, we only do it through the enabling of God and his Holy Spirit. That's how we get success, through goals, through choices, through habits, and then through God's help and a whole lot of grace. To live well, we have to live our lives on purpose. Ask God what his purpose is for your life. 
ask yourself what your purposes are and start making some goals beginning with the end in mind. You cannot have it all in life. You cannot have everything you want, but you can have whatever you strive for the most. So this week, write your big goals and send me an email about them. I'd actually like to hear it. Maybe this will be your your way of um, making yourself accountable. Send me a little email to ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Just Tell me your goals. Give me the list. And if not, share it with somebody else. You don't have to send it to us, but I'd love to see them. That would encourage me. And if you do, maybe I'll read them on the air next week when I'll be back with my first talk on the science and art of habits. And if you miss a show on the air, you can always access the recordings on Life FM or our website, wellspringmiami.org. So think of the end in mind, get that clear, and then listen in all month as we talk about the science and art of habits, how do we get there, mind, body, spirit, emotions, each area of our lives. We're going to talk about that. It's time to wrap up. This is Tova Krebs with Wellspring on the Air, because hearts and minds matter. Happy New Year. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.